Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. Praise Jesus. Shall, shall we just um, be on our feet? Let's just say a word of prayer. Father, we just give you glory for this time in your presence. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for your people who will be listening to your word. And Lord, we just want to thank you, God, for your grace upon us. As your word goes out, King of glory. Let it touch every corner, every crevice of our being. Let there be a transformation of God in the name of Jesus. And God's people say a loud amen. Amen. Now we can be seated. I just want to thank God for all the grace he's given unto me to share his word. And I just want to thank our pastor for giving me the platform to share the word of God. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. So the title of the message this morning is what is so amazing about grace so it is a question we're going to be trying to find an answer to and i believe at the end of the message we'll find the answer and our lives will be touched somebody say amen Amen. so the text is in the book of genesis chapter 38 and that chapter is one of the very very important chapters in the bible it sort of leads from genesis way even to the revelations pointing us even in the way of christ so as a context to this um, chapter i just want to talk a brief briefly about somebody called judah judah is that guy who was the brother of joseph and the bible says at some point he decided to leave where he was uh, staying and he went to a foreign land he married somebody called the, the daughter of somebody called Shua. And the Bible says he had three sons. Someone say three sons. The first one is Ur, the second one is Onan, and the third one is somebody called Shula. So when Ur became of age, the Bible says he decided to marry also a Canaanite woman for his son Ur. But the Bible says for different reasons, God wasn't happy with Ur, and Ur died. Someone say he died. So he now told the wife, Tama, Tama, not a problem. I also have another son called Onan, and I will ask Onan to sleep with you so that you can have a son for Onan. Technically, the son will belong to Ur. But Onan wasn't interested in having a son even with Tamar. So the Bible says at the time of intimacy, Onan will spill his seed on the ground. And God wasn't happy with Onan. So Onan also died. How many sons died now? So Judah said, Tamar, not a problem. I also have another daughter. Glory to God, Shabbat. I also have another son called Shelah. So when Shelah comes of age, I will allow even him to marry you. But Judah wasn't very sure at this point. Judah was thinking, two sons? 
you're going to kill the third one, it's not going to happen. So Judah decided to push Tamar out of the house, a widow. And you remember what the Bible says about widow, taking care of widows. But Judah decided to push out Tamar and send her even to her family home. And at this point, after several years, the wife of Judah died. So he lost two sons, he lost his wife, and then he became desolate, and he was lonely, and he started looking for love in difficult places. Someone say difficult places. So Tamar, at this point, she wasn't happy, she wasn't married, she didn't have any kid, she was disillusioned, she was discouraged, and she decided, I need to do something against my father-in-law, Judah. She probably knew that Judah was a man of loose morals. So she set Judah up. She pretended to be a prostitute. And then she was able to attract Judah, who came and slept with her. So in other words, she slept with her father-in-law. Her father-in-law slept with her. Glory to God so much. I said, glory to God, somebody. Okay, glory to God, somebody here. Amen. So you can see how the story was. So eventually, Judah knew that he slept with his daughter-in-law. And then, Tamar, she became pregnant with twins. I believe it wasn't the plan of Judah so everyone have kids through Tamar. But I believe it was in the plan of God. So this story is a story of intrigue. It's a story of trickery. A story of death. A story of prostitution. A story of conspiracy and a story of deception. But also, it is a story of grace. Somebody say Grace. There are some people here, you have almost lost it. You believe there is no hope. People have condemned you. You have also condemned yourself because of the past things you've done. You kept on thinking of the past terrible things you've done. And you just believe there is no good future for you. But I'm here to announce to you, grace shall speak for you. Twelve people got that. I say grace shall speak for you. 24 people got that. I said, grace shall speak for you. Amen. So I'm going to be talking about this in five parts. Element number one, there are five elements to the story. Element number one. Winning is not about how much you try, but how tightly you hold on to God. It is not about grandstanding. It is not about labor. It is by the favor of God. Glory to God, somebody. The Bible says the race is not to the swift. The battle is not to the strong. Food, not to the wise. Wealth, not to the brilliant. But the Bible talks about time and chance. The Bible says in Hebrew, a race has been marked out for us. And let us run the race with perseverance. Now, the race marked out for you is unique to you. Tell yourself, it is unique to me. It's not about competition. I know many of us, we have a very competitive spirit. 
Your friend buys a car, you want to buy a bigger one. Your friend buys a house, you want to buy a bigger one. Glory to God. I can see somebody smiling there. <laughs> Amen, somebody. But this is not about competition. Now, Tamar, she was at the point of delivery, delivering the twins she had with Judah. But one of the kids in her womb, he was ultra competitive. Someone say ultra competitive. The boy at zero years of age. The boy that was still in the womb. The boy that hasn't transitioned from the womb to planet Earth. He was totally, totally, and totally competitive. Glory to God, somebody. Somebody say, wow. So the Bible says, during labor, you can imagine your, your, your wife delivering uh, twins in the hospital, in the delivery room. And then suddenly, you saw a hand coming out. You'll be wondering, God, what's going on here? That was exactly what happened. And I believe the midwife there was sort of wondering, what was going on here? He, she saw a hand, and then she said, let me do a few things. She said, very quickly, the Bible says, she tied a scarlet thread around the wrist of the boy so that she can identify the boy in future because this boy will be the firstborn because there are uh, um, blessings attached to the firstborn, isn't it? But she went beyond that. She now said, she made a declaration. She made a pronouncement. She announced that this one came out first. Now, notice the past tense. This one, she didn't say they want, this one probably will come out first. This one, there's a good probability or possibility that he will come out first. She just declared that this one came out first. In reality, that was only an assumption. Because he didn't come out. The hand came out. That was an assumption. So the midwife had written off this other boy, announcing that this one actually came out first. How many times have people written you off? You didn't get that. How many times have people written you off? How many times have people declared that nothing good can come out of you? You didn't get that. But there's a story of a man who was in the hospital. The man went in there for a very minor procedure to spend two, three days there. But things got complicated. Infection and all those things. So the man ended up spending weeks there. So at some point, a health professional looked at the record of the man. The health professional said, this man came in for this, and he is still here. The, the health professional shook her head. In other words, she actually wrote off that man. But I'm here to announce to you, the man left the hospital more healthy than he went to the hospital. You didn't understand what I'm talking about. So people could have written you off. There are some people here, you have been, even Jesus, people said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Glory to God, somebody. There was a story someone was telling me when the person joined Agape. He said, at the point Agape House was starting, he went to tell somebody, I and my family want to join that church. And the person he went to tell the story said, look, let me sit you down and tell you something. He said, I give Agape one year and things will pack up. In other words, that person had written off Agape. He said, in one year's time, come talk to me. Come tell me that Agape has packed up. But to the glory of God, 
13 years and still counting. Isn't our God wonderful? Glory to God, somebody. Now, the boy with the scarlet thing on his wrist was later known as Zerah. He was desperate to be first. But God has destined the other one to be the first. I don't know where you've placed yourself, but once you are with Jesus, the Lord will take you higher. In the name of Jesus. I, I thought I had a more enthusiastic amen. amen. God bless you, Sister Bissu. Uh, I guess I, I, I need some encouragement. Point number two. Success comes not by what you know, but by who you know. Somebody say who you know. Because you know Jesus, things have been sorted out for you, even in the heavenly realms. The Bible says God has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Amen, somebody. Now, the boy with the scarlet thing on his wrist, for some reason, I don't know, he retracted his hand and then he retreated back into the birth canal. That was a physiological impossibility. That was a physiological impossibility. But I know a God who specializes in making things that are impossible, possible. Jesus said, for them that believe, all things are possible. Who thought when prophet Elijah was at the brook of Cherith, God will use ravens. Let me tell you about ravens. Ravens are terrible birds. Black birds with long beaks. They actually feed on flesh. They will peck out the eyes of their victims. But God, who will have thought? God will use those kind of birds to take care of his prophet. Glory to God, sir. When General Neman had leprosy, who will have thought swimming in the muddy rivers of the Jordan will heal this man? He came out and his body was as fresh as the body of a baby. He was leprosy free. That is the kind of God we are serving. And I just want to declare even to your life, things that seem impossible, God will make them possible. Amen. There are some people here, the doctors, they've written, they've done tests, they've done all kinds of things. It doesn't matter what the doctors have done. What God is doing is what's important. And God will take you to a higher level. In the name of Jesus, somebody say amen. So the Bible says, this boy, he retracted his hand. And then the other boy came out. He drew back his hand and his brother came out unexpected. Jesus. I don't know who I'm talking to, but unexpectedly, you are coming out. You are coming out of debt. You are coming out of destitution. You are coming out of every terrible thing. You are coming out of sickness. You are coming out of cancer. Somebody say, I am coming out. <laughs> Unexpectedly, you will come out. The Lord will surprise those who think you will not do well. In the name of Jesus. Some of you, women, you are almost 50. You are not married. People have written you off. Those that wrote you off, they will come back to testify that I made a mistake. In the name of Jesus, I thought I had somebody say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 
I was just wondering, what happened to this guy, Zerah, who decided to retract and retreat? I don't know, perhaps he was too confident. Perhaps he was too assured of his abilities. Uh, perhaps it was as a result of let him that thinks his turns take heed lest he falls. But I, I don't really understand. But for some reason, he moved back and Perez, his brother, came out first. As people who are ahead of you, as they pause, thinking they have attained, you shall overtake. I don't know whether somebody's getting this. There are some people, they've announced themselves they, they are so far away. But as they pause, as they look back, you shall overtake in the name of Jesus. There, are, there is somebody here, you've been thinking about your nationality for a long time. And you have friends who have been, who have been Americans for too long. The Lord is saying, I need to tell you, the Lord is saying, I need to tell you, you will get it. I say you are getting it. I say you are getting it. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God somebody. Point number three. Divine rearrangement has already placed you on top. So God has shuffled the decks. God has moved things around on the chessboard. God has changed some things. God has rearranged some things and has put you on top. The Bible says, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So before, before, before you started praying, God has already sorted it out. Sister, I have to the Lord, get, get up, stand up. The Lord says, I, I should tell you, in some situations, people have written you off. The Lord says, I have written you in. Thank you, Jesus. So we are not fighting for victory. We are fighting on victory. We are already on victory. We are just fighting on victory. Now listen to this. You know, many of us, we, got, we get caught up in the things we've done in the past. And the devil keeps on reminding us of what we've done in the past. You've done a few abortions. There's no way you can have a child. You, you've forged a few papers. There's no way you can get that job. But once the devil is reminding you of your past, remind the devil of his future. Because the devil will rot in hell. Now, listen to this. The Bible says God is our present help in times of trouble. And the Bible says the confidence we have is that once we ask God anything, he hears us, and once he hears us, he will do it. Right? So if you have issues, all you need to do is to go to God. If the Bible says we should call on God, in Jeremiah 33, we should call on him. He will hear us. He will tell us things that we do not know, right? So we have that recourse. We have the ability to go to God. We can talk to him. We can have communion with him. We can communicate with him, isn't it? Because we have a father in heaven. But the devil doesn't have that opportunity. Okay, the devil can pray. The devil doesn't have any father in heaven. So you didn't get that. So that tells me that you are at a distant advantage. Whatever your situation may be, you are at a distant advantage. Somebody say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So this boy, 
he defied the natural order because he has a supernatural God working on his behalf. Because the hand of God was upon him. The Bible says the hand of God was upon prophet Ezekiel. Praise God in the valley of the dry bones. And I just want to declare to somebody this morning, I release the hand of God upon you. That project you are planning, I release the hand of God upon you. That job to which you are applying, I release the hand of God upon you. That procedure you are about to do, I release the hand of God upon you. And once the hand of God is upon you, you'll be like Prophet Elijah, who was able to run ahead of Ahab who was riding on horses. So shall your portion be in the name of Jesus. You've been, you've been on this mountain too long. You've been, you've been too slow. God is giving you speed. I said God is giving somebody speed in the name of Jesus. So, the midwife said, this boy came out, isn't it? So it became clear that the midwife spoke too early. And it turned out to be wrong. I don't know what people have said about you. I don't know the declarations people have put upon your head. I don't know the evil word has been spoken over you for several years. But what I know is what the word of God says. The Bible says there is no enchantment against Jacob. No divination against the house of Jacob. My God. Another version says no magic spells can bind Jacob. No incantation can hold back Israel. People will look at Jacob and Israel and say, what a great thing God has done. People shall look at you and say, what a great thing God has done. People shall look at you and say, what a great thing your God has done. In the name of Jesus. I thought somebody is more excited. Number four. You will not have to announce yourself. Your breakthrough will announce you. You know, when people are pregnant from where I come from, Actually, there was a friend of mine in this church that came to report somebody. He said, I need to warn that person. The person is just telling everybody his wife is pregnant. So, people tend not to want to say it for different reasons we will not go into. When people get married, they, they will be calculating for you. Six months, is, is anything showing? And then you see a woman who becomes pregnant. And you ask her, sister, are you pregnant? She doesn't want to lie. She doesn't want to tell you. Praise in the Lord. <laughs> Always. What are you saying? Are you pregnant? Praise in the Lord. Always. Praise in the Lord. Praise in the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 He's good. Sister, I am asking a different question. And she said, but I thought you know Pastor B said we should do 100 days of praises. Now, listen. So what, what you need to do, you don't know she's pregnant, right? 
But when it became six months, the woman that had been walking smartly, she would become very slow. When we become seven months, that pregnancy will announce itself. I declare to your life, the goodness of God will announce itself upon your life. People shall see you. They wouldn't need to ask questions. They will see that the Lord has blessed you richly. In the name of Jesus, I release our blessings upon this church. We are about 500. We will be 5,000. We will have two. two. Oh, somebody said the Lord will announce us. The Lord will announce Agape in this city, in this state, in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, yes, Lord. Now, so the, the Bible says the boy without the threat. Someone say without the threat. He came out eventually. And they named him Paris. Now, Paris means he who pushes through. He who breaks forth. So they break forth. Now, it reminds me when the day comes. You say it is daybreak, isn't it? Now, for the day to break, the day will have fought some battles. Because the night is always very powerful. You know, the night is when all those people doing all kinds of things are doing it. Amen. But the Lord is with us. I know some of you, you struggle to sleep at night. You say, if, you, if I sleep, maybe demons will be harassing me. But, but, but I, I release the confidence of God upon your life. The, the Bible says, do not throw away your confidence. Amen, somebody. So the day must have struggled with the night. Night will say, I still got a few more hours. The day will say, no, I, I got to break forth. Night will say, no, I just still have some hours to, 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 to even exist. But the day will say, no, I just got to break out. And the Bible says, from the days of John the Baptist, even till the present moment, the kingdom of God suffers and the violent they do what? You know, there are sometimes you need to take your thing by force. You don't need to beg the devil, devil, leave my... You just need to tell the devil, devil, get out of my life. You need to announce to the devil, devil, you have no part to play in my life. Every little demon you are sending, I am sending them back to you in pieces. Somebody say, yes, Lord. Now, an aircraft, before it flies, it will have to fight. In other words, before there can be a flight, there will be a fight. The aircraft will have to fight the forces of gravity for it to fly. Amen. So in other words, something has to happen. It is proactive. You've been slinking around for too long. Yesterday they told us about how Adam was so passive. And things go wrong around his home. Amen, somebody. You know, when a chick is about to hurt, when it is a time to hurt, the chick will have to break the share to emerge. And the dictionary defines breakthrough as an act of removing an obstruction or restriction. The overcoming of a stalemate. So every obstruction on your way of progress I remove it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Everything that is restricting you from getting that progress, I cancel it. I render them null and void and of no effect in the name of Jesus. Another, another um, definition is a significant or sudden advance, development, 
achievement or increase that removes a barrier to progress. There are some of us. The glory of, uh, of God in our life is like being covered. But this morning, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I remove that covering. People will see you as beautiful. People will see you as blessed. People shall see you as an anointed child of God. In the name of Jesus. Now, there is a, a commonality to whichever definition of breakthrough. It is like there is, you, you have to be intentional about it. You have to be determined. You have to press. It might mean breaking things. It might mean walking away from some of your friends. You know, there are some of us, we just got these friends. Whatever happens, I can't, what, what will people say? What will people say? What, every what will people say situation in your life, I cancel it. Some of us cannot even move. What will people say if I move from this place to that place? What will people say? We are being oppressed by what will people say. Every oppression about what will people say, I cancel it. In the name of Jesus. So, the, the midwife was perplexed. She couldn't understand what was going on. And she said, how did you break through? I don't know whether it was a soliloquy whether she was talking to herself. I don't know whether she was asking people around her, but what was clear was that she just couldn't believe it. My God. People will be asking questions about you because of the great thing the Lord will do in your life. They will be flabbergasted, they will be surprised, and they will be amazed. One brother got that, in the name of Jesus. Now, this midwife, she earlier declared that the boy with the scarlet thread was number one. But with her own eyes, she was witnessing a change of order. With her own eyes, she was witnessing a change of hierarchy. She was witnessing a change of position. Those, you know, the, the story I told you about Agape, I just remember something. The person that said, they told him that one year Agape would be finished. He said that person was knocking on the, on the table, back, 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 back. So as I'm knocking, just listen to me. One year you come out here. Glory to God. Now, let, let, let me say this. Those who have pronounced you finish, with their own mouth, they will declare you victorious. Amen. With their own eyes, they will see that you have come on top. Now, the, the Bible says in the Acts of Apostles, chapter 2, when the apostles have had the encounter with the Holy Spirit, they were on fire. They were speaking different tongues. Praise God. And people now couldn't understand what was going on. The Bible says in Acts of Apostles 2-7, utterly amazed, they asked, and all these who are speaking Galileans, they were surprised. Amen, somebody. Now, you remember what happened in the first book of Samuel chapter 10. The Bible says prophet Samuel anointed the head of Saul before Saul lost it. Amen. And the Bible says he said a few things about him. Is it not the captain of God's inheritance? God will give you a new heart. And when shortly after, people who knew Saul before he was anointed, people who formerly knew him, some people, they know you, they thought you were the same person of last year. Some people saw you yesterday. They didn't know that you've crossed from yesterday to today. The Bible says the mercies of the Lord they are brand new every morning. People thought you were still operating in the mercies of yesterday, not knowing 
that behold, all things have passed away. So they were looking at Saul as he was before the anointing. And they were asking each other, what is this thing happening with the son of Kish? Is he now also among the prophets? People shall see you and they will wonder. I said, people will see you and they will wonder. You know, you know, there are situations when people calculate, this guy will be earning around this much. He won't be able to live in this kind of house. But the Lord will mess up their calculations. I said, the Lord shall mess up their calculations. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God, somebody. The last point, number five. Now, a fault in your family line doesn't exclude you from divine favor. Despite all the errors in the life of Judah, Perez grew up to become the head of the ruling clan in Judah. So God decided to overrule the transgressions of Judah. So the errors of your ancestors does not preclude you from God's glorious blessings. Now, you go to the doctor. doctor will start asking you about history. Your grandparents, your granddad had cancer. Your great-grandmother had high blood pressure. And then they will be using that to sort of predict your future. But you are you. You are not your grandfather. You are not even your father. You are made fearfully and wonderfully. So whatever has happened in the past, it, is, it belongs in the past. And anything that is trying to attach itself even to your future, I cut it out. Yeah. Everything that is trying to disturb the grace of God upon your life going forward, I cancel it. Yeah. My God. Now, look at the genealogy of Christ in Matthew. The Bible says, Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham, Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. And Jacob the father of who? And his brothers, including Joseph. Judah was the father of who? And whose mother was? The, the, the message is finished, isn't it? Now, Tamar, she was a deceiver. A foreigner, a Canaanite woman. She was the first of five women in the line of Jesus, including Ruth, a foreigner, Rehab, a prostitute, they were integral to God's salvation in bringing the Savior to the world. So in other words, the ancestors of Christ included deceivers, half-breeds, prostitutes. This tells me that your ancestry, it doesn't matter. I don't care whether or not you are born with a silver spoon or with a brass spoon. You shall make it. I say, you will make it. Amen. Your child will progress. Amen. That child that is behaving in a funny way, the Lord will touch that child. Amen. In the name of Jesus, I speak favor into your life. Amen. From your seed, a giant shall come forth. Amen. Giant in business, Amen. giant in government, Amen. and giant in the gospel. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Because God included Paris in Jesus' family line, means that the circumstances of your birth will not determine your earthly or eternal future. God brings out the beauty even inside of us. He hates our sinful choices, but he makes allowances for our sins when we come back to him in repentance. Judah 
He sold out on his family. He sold out on his relationship with God. He sold out on his morals. Yet, God was able to cast his sins to the sea of forgetfulness. Tamar was meant to be known as a conniver who conned her father-in-law. But God changed her story. God is changing your story. God has changed your story. You didn't get that. I said, God has changed your story. Whatever terrible things you've done in the past, it belongs to the past. God has changed your story. In the name of Jesus, your past mistakes do not define who you are. Your future is not a function of your past. I say your future is not a function of your past. Your past is past, is gone, is dead, is buried. Once you are in Christ, all things. Somebody say all things. You got to be clear that all things, they are gone. You are a new person in Christ. You might have been like Judah, deliberate in the rebellion. You might be like Tamar, making decisions out of desperation. You might have had immoral relationships. You might have cheated. You might have had a failed marriage or two, done a few abortions, forged papers, even enhanced your resume illegally. Yeah, I, 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 I got somebody there. You just, you just look at it and say, what can I add that they won't know? <laughs> but God knows. Tell your neighbor, don't do that again. Tell your neighbor, say, don't do that again. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Whatever your story is, all is not lost. God has not turned away. His arms are still open. His invitation has not expired. All you need to do is to turn to him, believe his promise, receive his gift of repentance through Christ. This story reminds me that grace is available in spite of our sin. Now, what is this grace I've been talking about? It is God's benevolence on the undeserving. It is the gift that God has given unto us freely that Jesus paid for this gift. Grace is what makes us successful. Apostle Paul says, the grace of God that was with me. Grace is greater than our sin. It is more abundant than we expect. It is too wonderful for words. It transforms our mess into a message. It moves our troubles and makes them even into triumphs. It makes our sorrows turn into joy. And I believe the sorrow of somebody will turn to joy. But I, was, I started looking for the true meaning of grace. And I found it in the Message Bible, Romans 5.20. In the Message Bible. It says, aggressive forgiveness that we call grace. So I don't care how aggressive your sin has been. God is able to aggressively forgive your sin. I don't know what the sin has been throwing at you. God is happy, willing, able to aggressively push back with his grace. Now, but let me be clear. I will close in five minutes. Grace is not another opportunity to sin. Apostle Paul says in 6.1 of the book of Romans, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Now, continue in sin is a present active tense, meaning that the apostle was talking about the practice of habitual sin, dwelling in sin, living in sin. If you are that person, first we need to do deliverance for you then you can enjoy the grace of God. Are you here, somebody? 
Sozo people, are you here? If you are Sozo, say, I am Sozo. So grace of God is not about getting away. God chooses to bless us to demonstrate the abundance of his grace. Despite his mistakes, Judah, he became the most prominent of the tribe of Judah. Even Joseph, he was more prominent than Joseph. As a close, you go back to where the story started. It was a mess. Somebody slept with this, somebody slept with that, somebody sit, spilled their seed on the ground, somebody slept with the, his daughter-in-law, somebody was tricking somebody, someone, everything was a mess. But the Bible says the end of a thing, your story will end where? Number one, grace always points us towards Christ. You know, the Messiah wasn't mentioned in this story. Grace always points us towards Christ. The Messiah wasn't mentioned in this story, but the, the story was all about the Messiah. You see, Judah, there was there, three people slept with Tamar, and then Perez and Zerah came out, but eventually, he led us to Jesus. So much, he led us to Jesus. So grace always points us in the direction of Jesus. The twisted narrative of Judah points us towards Christ. So the twisted part of our life can point us towards Jesus. Number two, listen carefully. If you add grace to anything, it becomes favor. That's the equation. Anything plus grace equals favor. You mess around, put grace there. Grace is so powerful, it will override it, and then there will be favor. You didn't get that. It's like zero in multiplication. Multiply zero by anything. Okay, multiply zero by 10 million. That's 20 million, isn't it? Zero is so powerful. That is how powerful grace is. Anything you've done, any mess, just add grace of God to it. Then he will turn to favor. I speak favor into your life. That number three. The Bible says in Genesis 49, Jacob referred to Judah and his future tribe as the lion. And in Revelations, the lion of the tribe of Judah was declared to have triumphed and is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. Revelations 5.5. Jesus is the only person who is worthy to open the scroll, making Jesus the lion of the tribe of Judah. The same Judah that messed up, Jesus is the lion of his tribe. The same Judah that was all over the place. Now, we are describing Jesus because of his connection to Judah. Finally, the meaning of Judah is praise. His story ended in praise. Get on your feet, we'll pray for two minutes. Your story will end in praise. Your story will end in praise. There are some of us here, the world has condemned us completely. Every day the devil is playing video in our head of the things we've done 20 years ago, 25 years ago. But today is the day of your deliverance. And we just got two minutes. And I just want you to lift up your voices right now. And say, Lord, whatever the devil is telling me, I am clear of my inheritance in God. Line will begin to fall onto me in pleasant places. 
because I have a goodly inheritance. Lift up your voices. My past doesn't impact on my future. My past is history. My future is a mystery that is in the hand of God. Today is the present, is the gift from God. Lift up your voices and begin to declare. Father in heaven, I, re I receive my deliverance today. I receive my freedom today. My story is ending in praise. Lift up your voices and begin to declare. Say this prayer this morning. The Father in heaven, whatever I might have done in the past, the past is consigned to the dustbin of history. It is about history. I don't care what the history is. Some of us, we've done some really, really terrible things in the past. But God is saying, God is telling somebody, it is not about your past. I am moving you forward because I am the lion of the tribe of Judah. The same Judah that messed up. The same Judah that, that went, that was looking for love in the wrong places. That same Judah. Lift up your hands. My father, my God, I just thank you, God, for your word. I've delivered your word this way you said I should deliver it. And I believe your people have been touched. Everyone under the voice, on, who is listening to my voice right now, whether online or in this auditorium, King of Glory, I speak freedom into their life. Yeah. Every, there are some people here, you are into debt. Every debt that is holding you back, you are coming out of it. Yeah. I say you are coming out of it. Yeah. You will have a testimony. Yeah. You will come to this pulpit and testify yeah. in the name of Jesus. Every pronouncement against you, King of glory that is not in alignment or in concord with the word of God. I cancel it. I render those pronouncements null and void and of no effect. In the name of Jesus, we give you glory, O oh God. Thank you, Father in heaven. Somebody say, yes!